Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, during a ceremony at Government House today, Lisa Alejandro was officially sworn in to lead the Department of Property and Procurement. The United States attorney announced the indictment of 13 charges against Richard Dangleben related to the July 4, 2023 shooting death of Virgin Islands Police Detective Delbert Phipps. Governor Albert Bryan declared October as Rett Syndrome Awareness Month. We speak with Shane Gaspard, one of the founders of Ella's Hope, an awareness organization in the territory. These are some of your headlines for today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. We are seeing this as if we have a serious contamination problem in the Virgin Islands, specifically in St. Croix. Following the results of the water testing related to the brown water issues facing residents on St. Croix, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. issued a no drinking advisory for potable water within certain areas on the island. The recent testing identified elevated levels of copper and lead in certain areas of the potable water distribution system. For locations that did have elevated levels following the sampling after the flushing of water for a period were estates Diamond, Castleburg, Calcahoon, and Mumbiju. At a press briefing, Governor Albert Bryan made statements regarding steps being taken to address the water crisis. Our plan includes both short-term and long-term actions to mitigate and prevent future occurrences like this. Now in the short term, we are addressing corrosion and metal contamination by flushing the lines within the system. And what we've gone about doing um, from last night is all of the deadlines, lines where people may be connected to houses, opening up those lines and flushing out those lines uh, from the system. We're also making revisions to supply provisions to supply water to residents if needed, and making resources, every single resource of the government, available to our emergency management team and our workers at WAPA. Testing is of the utmost importance. Testing, testing, testing. And therefore, we are securing testing and lab resources, whether on island and off island, that can give us timely information on contamination. We've activated our emergency protocols through our Joint Incident Information Center at Vitima and keeping and making sure that information, information, information is disseminated to the public. That is one of the key things in this. We're having constant contact with the EPA and federal partners to access as many resources as we can to tackle this problem. While the governor mentioned asking businesses to not take advantage during this time, Senator Angel Bolquez issued a letter to the governor calling for a water price freeze amid the water crisis. Very deeply concerned about the developments that are taking place. And as we know, given the critical importance of water to human survival and health, it's important that we ensure that water is accessible to the people of the Virgin Islands, whether it's bo bottled water or water that's being hauled for either um, cisterns or water uh, human consumption, and even water filtration products. All of these things should be on a price freeze. Um, as we know, price gouging in recent times has been an issue here in the Virgin Islands, um, whereas um, opportunistic 
endeavors have been taking place by by some businesses. We don't want that to happen um, because you know we should have and make sure that our people are not deprived of adequate access uh, to water in this time while we uh, deal with the ongoing crisis of the Virgin Islands Water Power Water and Power Authority concerning concerning our water. In July, the 35th Legislature approved Governor Albert Bryan's nomination of Lisa Alejandro to head the Department of Property and Procurement. During a ceremony at Government House today, Mrs. Alejandro was officially sworn in as Commissioner of the Department of Property and Procurement. The newly sworn commissioner spoke on her road that included her time in both the private and public sector that has ultimately led her to the new position. So I just want to speak about my passion for moving the department forward because basically for me it's about redefining and reforming public procurement here in the territory. But I want to say that it is my desire and we have begun the journey to be a part of that change. And as a result, about two or three months ago, we got involved and shook hands with NASPO, the National Association of State professionals, um, officials, and were awarded a grant, um, a grant here for the territory that we would be able to recruit from the University of the Virgin Islands interns to work in the profession of procurement and property acquisition. Governor Bryan remarked during the ceremony that they could not have found a better person to manage the department referring to Mrs. Alejandro being a pastor. There are people in government, they're like legends. You hear about them, but you never see them. But you keep, her, I kept hearing her name every time there was a problem to fix, every time there was a solution to be had in property procurement, Lisa's name came up. And what a blessing to have a person like this as the commissioner of property and procurement. How is that for transparency and integrity? Jesus owns servant administers all contracts. <laughs> and in a time when we have so many, so much government funds coming through, um, I really like to thank the legislature for uh, helping me and, and confirming her the way they did because the integrity of all of us is on the line. As we continue to update the news feed, yesterday United States Attorney Delia Smith announced that a federal grand jury had returned a 13-count indictment charging Richard Dangleben Jr. with federal and territorial offenses related to the July 4, 2023 shooting death of the Virgin Islands Police Department Detective Delbert Phipps. On that date, Detective Phipps and VIPD officer Shaheem Skeet responded to a 911 call that came in at approximately 7.54 a.m. The caller reported observing a shirtless man in the hospital ground area of St. Thomas wearing a bulletproof vest and appearing to have a gun in his back pocket. Shortly after Detective Phipps and Officer Skeet arrived on the scene, Dangleben began firing at them. Both Officer Skeet and Detective Phipps returned fire, and during the shootout, Detective Phipps suffered a fatal gunshot wound to his torso. Dangleben eventually laid on the ground to surrender, where he was subdued and transported to the Snyder Regional Medical Center to be treated for gunshot injuries that he sustained. Detective Phipps was pronounced dead at the Snyder Regional Medical Center at 9.05 a.m. Dangleben has been detained in federal custody since his initial arrest following the shooting. At the time of the July 4th incident, Dangleben was on pretrial release for a prior shooting death that he had previously been arrested on 
in connection with a February 24, 2023 homicide and was charged in the St. Thomas Superior Court. Dangle Ben's release conditions included an order to not possess any firearms, ammunition, or any dangerous weapon. As we update, the Virgin Islands National Guard is celebrating its 50-year anniversary in the territory. To mark the celebration, retired Lieutenant Colonel Beresford Edward, President of the Virgin Islands National Guard Association and Executive Committee Chair of the 50th Anniversary Celebration, provided details. The Virgin Islands National Guard was federalized on 19 October 1973. At that time, it was a major, major Leal Galibier took charge of two companies, a headquarters detachment and the 661st Military Police Company. And to commemorate those act, uh, the 50th anniversary, we have a series of activities and we already started. But the main activity or the second main activity will be a military ball which will be held at the Western Beach and Spa at Frenchman's Reef the 22nd of October, starting at 6 p.m. Ticket outlets are Chelsea's Gift Shop, Soul to Soul, and Cheryl's Gift Shop. Also at the Leonard B. Francis Armory, tickets will be sold. You may contact Chief Warren Officer Antoine, and her number is 340-344-6975. The cost per ticket is $125. A keynote speaker will be Brigadier General retired Deborah Howell, and also additional speaker, featured speaker will be Major General Jet Ray. Major General Jet Ray is originally from St. Thomas. The honorees for this event are First Sergeant Terence Holland, Lieutenant Colonel retired Clarice Commission, and Sergeant retired Beverly Barron. I also like to note that for those who are still looking for rooms, uh, to attend this event, which will, as indicated, will be at the Frenchman's Reef. You may contact Chief Antoine also. If there's any business or any organization would like to sponsor a table at this event, you may contact Chief Antoine at the same number, 344-6975. The body of former Senator Alicia Chucky Hansen will lie in state on October 19th at the legislature on St. Croix. Senator Hansen served 11 terms in the legislature, where she held the positions of Secretary, White House Liaison, and Vice President of the Senate. Her body will lie in state from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the St. Croix Legislature Building Fritz E. Lowett's Legislative Conference Room, located at 3022 Golden Rock, Christiansted. Members of the 35th Legislature, along with the community, may pay their respects during the public viewing. Funeral services for Senator Hansen will be held on October 20th at the Friedenstahl Moravian Church in Christiansted, with viewing at 9 a.m. and the service at 10 a.m., followed by interment at Kings Hill Cemetery. As we continue to update the news feed, last week, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. designated the month of October as Rett Syndrome Awareness Month in the U.S. Virgin Islands. He recognized the efforts of Ellis Hope Incorporated, a local nonprofit organization working to raise awareness of Rett Syndrome in the territory and helping to fund a global research initiative. We spoke with Shane Gaspard, father of Ella Gaspard, namesake of Ella's Hope. My daughter Ella was born in St. Thomas um, and she was born happy, healthy little girl and she was playing and, and kind of uh, dancing and running on the beach and she had a few words. She was about two, two and a half years old and then she... Um, 
she stopped talking and we were like, well, something could be, could be wrong. And so we took her to the doctor and they said that she was diagnosed in St. Thomas with autism. And so we was like, okay, well, we'll deal with autism. So we kind of got involved in the autism community for a little bit. Then we realized she stopped using her right hand. And I'm like, okay, this is not, this is more than autism. So we, um, this was about, she was about two and a half, almost three years old. So we went, we said, we have to leave island and we have to go somewhere so what's the best place can we bring her to so it was children's hospital in philadelphia and they diagnosed her with Rett syndrome which is her her symptoms are cerebral palsy epilepsy parkinson's severe anxiety disorder all in one little girl um so we were like devastated we asked when she'll talk again they said she never will and she never has um and today she's lost all purposeful use of her hands she can't speak She's not walking the beach anymore. She's in a wheelchair and she's fed by a feeding tube. So Rett syndrome is it progressively gets worse as, as she gets older. And the pur- purpose of um, awareness group, Ellis Hope, is to get the word out about Rett syndrome because one in every 10,000 little girls, and it primarily happens to little girls, is diagnosed with Rett syndrome. It's not genetic. It's not from myself or my wife. It's a spontaneous deletion of a protein on an X chromosome, which is women have two X chromosomes. And that's why it primarily happens to little girls. Now, Ella is the only little girl ever diagnosed with Rett syndrome in the Virgin Islands. So those numbers don't really work for us because she was originally misdiagnosed. So we think that there's other little girls that may have been misdiagnosed and not actually receiving the proper care that Ella is. So we're trying to reach out and create this awareness that, hey, this this exists. Because when the doctors told us about Rett syndrome, we had no idea what it was. And the doctor's like, don't Google it. First, go see a therapist because it's so devastating. So what we wanted to do was a lot of people, a lot of families, um, they, they deal with Rett syndrome privately because it's so, such a devastating diagnosis. But we wanted to deal with it publicly and take people with Ella on a journey along uh, for a cure for her. And so that's the purpose of it really is trying to create awareness that maybe somebody else's daughter has it and is being big misdiagnosed. And also we raise funds and we directly, um, we directly fund research grants for a cure for Rett syndrome through Rett syndrome research trust, international Rett syndrome foundation and Harvard university neurobiology lab. We fund directly too. And these, these are great, great people actually making a difference because Ella was diagnosed in 2017. And at that time, there were zero companies in the United States working on therapeutics for, um, for the symptoms or a cure. Now there's more than 20. And we started this just in the Virgin Islands. And um, now we fundraise in probably six to seven different countries around the world. We asked Mr. Gaspar to share where those interested could find more information about Ella's Hope. Our Facebook page is Ellis Hope Fund on Facebook, and our webpage is ellishope.com. And we are, we are, our organization is all for a cure 501c3. If you send a dollar to our organization, that dollar goes to fund research grants for a cure. Because we don't believe, I don't believe, my wife doesn't believe either, from take, taking one dollar from the path of a cure for little girls like Ella. As we update the news feed, the Social Security Administration announced that recipients who receive Social Security and Supplemental Security Income benefits will see a 3.2% increase in 2024. We spoke with Kevin Rodriguez, 
public affairs specialist for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, to give us the details. All our beneficiaries of Social Security Administration who receive benefits for retirement, disability, dependent, and survivor's benefits will we'll see an increase of their benefits effective in January of 2024. All our beneficiaries, including babies and persons from, from babies who collect benefits because their parent is receiving retirement, disability, or died, through persons who are over 100 years old who are receiving benefits, everybody will qualify for an increase of 3.2% of their benefits. So this, uh, this uh, increase will be automatic. So the person do not have to fill any form, do not have to contact us. Social Security will send them uh, a letter, a notification by, by, by mail in December that will tell them how, we will, how much will be their new benefit that we're going to deposit in January. They're going to receive this amount, this benefit, and the exact date that they are receiving their monthly benefits. So I want to alert persons that beware of scam calls. A person who may be calling you asking for personal information to process this, do not disclose any information, do not answer this, this phone calls, because this, uh, this uh, increase will be automatic. We don't, you don't have to complete any form with us. Mr. Rodriguez also provided an update to Medicare beneficiaries. The Center of Medicare and Medicaid just announced the new premium rates for the Medicare Part B effective in January 2024. And this year in 2023, persons who enroll on time to Medicare Part B are paying $164.90 per month. But effective January 2024, the amount, the premium amount will be $174.90. $174.70. This situation where persons are not, they, they not notice uh, an increase of their benefit, they have to look for how much we are deducting for Medicare premiums because most of the time they're paying a lower amount for Medicare. In December, they're going to receive by mail notification showing how much will be their benefit amount including the deduction for Medicare premiums and how much they're going to receive in January. Nominations are being sought for the Presidential Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Mathematics Teaching Award in the District of St. Croix. Mrs. Juanita Bonique, who serves as the coordinator for the VI State Presidential Award for Excellence in Mathematics, Science, and Technology, encouraged the nomination of K-6 through educators. The Presidential Award for Excellence in Math Science Teaching is an award that they they want to pick out exemplary um, teachers. Uh, we do a selection, a state selection here, and we get state finalists. Presently, we had three state finalists from St. Thomas last year from the secondary school level, um, uh, which was sent to national. And from national, they select one of the three to represent the Virgin Islands. Speaking on the intent of the competition. That competition is a competition that really uh, like sort of give teachers a prestige of, and, and show the quality of teaching that they do. And then they're compensated with a prize. They get a trip, all expense paid to the White House. 
and they participate in a lot of events they have up there. And then they're presented a check of $10,000 as part of the award as well. Speaking on how nominations are done, Mrs. Bonnicase stated, Anybody can nominate a teacher. They go on the website and they, there's a part that said nominate a teacher. They can go up there, put in, make sure they have the information of the teacher along with an email because that email will then send the information to the teacher that they have been nominated to participate in the program. The teacher has to have at least five years teaching experience to be able to be um, eligible for that award. To nominate a teacher and learn more about the Presidential Award, visit www.paemst.nsf.gov or contact Mrs. Bonique at juanita.bonique at vide.vi. That's J-U-A-N-I-T-A dot B-O-N-E-Q-U-E at V-I-D-E dot V-I. Nominations close January 8th, 2024. In more updates, the Virgin Islands Public Service Commission announced that its meeting scheduled for Tuesday, October 17th has been rescheduled. The new date has not yet been announced. And the Virgin Islands Economic Development Authority announced that a public hearing is scheduled for the Virgin Islands Economic Development Commission, a subsidiary of the VIEDA. The meeting will be held at 9 a.m. on Thursday, October 19th, followed by a governing board decision meeting. At the hearing, the board of directors will hear presentations and will consider an application from representatives of the St. Croix Business DM Management. A decision meeting for the VIEDA and the Economic Development Park Corporation as well as an application and compliance matters for the Economic Development Commission will occur following the public hearing. The EDA Board of Directors may go into executive session with respect to any decisions made at any time during the meetings. The meeting will be held over Zoom and registration is required to participate. Interested parties can find the information on the EDA's Facebook page or by contacting the department at info at usvieda.org. As we move down the news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. A former Haitian senator pleaded guilty in the United States on October 10th to charges related to the 2021 assassination of former President Jovenel Moise. John Joel Joseph made his appearance at a Miami federal court and changed his plea after reaching an agreement with the government. Federal Judge Jose Martinez set sentencing for December 19th. Joseph faces the possibility of a life sentence, but the U.S. government would recommend reducing it if he cooperates with the investigation. That's according to the plea agreement. The former senator was extradited from Jamaica to the U.S. in June to face charges of conspiring to commit murder or kidnapping outside the United States and providing material support resulting in death, knowing or intending that such material would be used to prepare for or carry out the conspiracy to kill or kidnap. Joseph is a well-known politician and opponent of the slain president's party. He is one of the 11 people in South Florida facing charges related to the killing. Eight more defendants are awaiting trial in the United States. According to charges, Joseph and others, including about 20 Colombian citizens and several dual Haitian-American citizens, participated in a plot to kidnap or kill Haiti's president. President Jovenel Moise was killed in his home on July 7, 2021. The Haitian government also arrested more than 40 people for their alleged roles in the murder. In our final update on the news feed, 
We're turning now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. The heat advisory continues for the entire area. We'll find a few increasing clouds across St. Croix this afternoon and a few scattered showers as well. Highs will hold near 90 with the heat index values as high as 110 for St. Thomas and St. John. We'll find a few scattered showers as well with temperatures holding in the lower 90s. Heat index values as high as 111 through this afternoon. Tonight, any scattered showers will taper off to partly cloudy sky across St. Croix. Lows will fall back to near 80. Winds from the east at 10 to 15 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, scattered showers and thunderstorms will taper off to mostly cloudy skies overnight. Lows are mild in the lower 80s across both islands. Winds from the east-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. During the day on Wednesday, we are expecting mostly sunny skies with a few scattered showers in the afternoon. Highs are very similar at St. Croix in the upper 80s to near 90. Heat index values between 107 and 110, so the heat advisory will likely reappear during the afternoon. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find a few scattered showers in the afternoon. Temperatures will climb into the upper 80s and lower 90s. Heat index values close to 110. Heat concerns also expected there. And scattered showers become more numerous overnight into Thursday with lows in the lower 80s. That's the latest look at your forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. Be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you miss a part of our news, listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We now return to All Things Considered.